This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Uh, the usually empty Ashton Gate. It finished City nil, Barnsley won. Uh, did the sacking of Dean Holden this week get a response from the uh, players? Did it? There we go. That's all I think of that. Uh, joining me, joining me this evening are Mark, Les, and uh, Ian. Um, let's um, before we go through the game. Let me just have. 20 seconds from you on the game. Just quick 20 seconds, right? So I'll come to you first, Mark. Yes, you're in first. Right, 20 seconds, sum up this afternoon. Yeah, endeavour, commitment, tackling, all in City's own half today when they offered actually offered zero going forward. A performance befitting a side hurtling towards relegation. Change needs to happen now. OK, Les, you next. 20 seconds. I don't think I could put it any better than what Mark said, to be honest. I think he's spot on. And you, Ian, your thoughts on that? When we analyse teams, they can be attacking, defensive, good in midfield. We can't do anything well and seem technically poor to a man. Midfielders never run past the ball. First touch is a pass. Forwards are headless chickens. Uh, Mostly blind panic, abysmal team. and We can't even take a throw in properly. No, I mean that's the thing. That's the thing for me, you know. I mean, watching fifty years as most of us have, uh, or some of us, um, even on some of the really dark days, you'd have a period in the game where you'd threaten. I mean, we were, and it's just gone on so long, isn't it? Is it seven defeats in a row, including the cup game? Five games now without a goal. Words fail to describe it. Some threads on OTIP have said worst performance in their lifetime. I think in the last, over the last three years, you know, your top 10 in 50 years are going to be in there. But it just seems to be going from bad to worse. I mean, my my heart sort of dropped when I saw the lineup that had Fam in up front and uh, Semenyo, maybe nothing wrong against the kids. Six players started who will have a contract come the 1st of July. Uh, Ian, let me come to you first on the lineup. Um, straightforward, yeah, any surprises there for you? Uh, not really. I mean, it was nice to see Cessignon in it left 
left wing back. I don't think he had a fantastic game, but he didn't have a stinker either. Um, Taylor Moore did one really bad thing, but then defended reasonably well. But the overall <clears throat> shape of the team, you would say, was okay. But players still have to play well. And we didn't. There was there. They had a game plan, but they couldn't execute it. And uh, to be honest, one thing that nobody seems to have picked up on is Jack Hunt. If if there had been VAR in that game, he'd have been sent off in the first two minutes. And what was that for? Because he, well, he put his studs into the guy to top of the guy's thigh. He won. That was Corey Woodrow, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was an early clatter, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what you'd say. Well, they they took uh, Bentley threw the ball out to him high up the pitch, which is fair enough. Hunt tried to control it, and then the ball got away from him, and then he went in. Uh, the play- a player came in. I don't know who it was. It might have been one of the other wing-backs. He came in, and Hunt, if you look back at it, he caught him. It was certainly well above his knee, if not near his groin, with his studs. And I think if there had been yeah. VAR, they'd have been telling the referee to go over and have a look at the monitor, because that, that could have easily been a red. Yeah, early doors on that. I mean, Les, the, mid- the-, Les, the midfield... Um- Viner, Palmer and Lansbury, when you've got people like Nagy and Naj and Backinson on the bench, uh, I think Ian said to me or Dave beforehand, you know, the only one who could really put a tackle in there was Viner. But another poor showing from Lansbury, wasn't it? What, what were your thoughts on the midfield, though, as it lined up from the start? The issue I have with those two as a pairing is I don't think either of them are particularly mobile. And I don't think they get around the pitch well enough. I think Viner can play a defensive midfield role if he's got two people, two runners in front of him. And um, Lansbury, obviously, he likes to get the ball. He likes to get his head up and, what was it, must have been six, seven, eight times he's picked up the ball and hit it into space, straight up for a throw in, no one there, straight through to their keeper. And I don't think those two will work well together as a pair. I just don't think they're mobile enough. And it's, you know, where are we now? We're in nearly March. We've still got absolutely no idea what we're doing with our midfield. Especially with Viner, okay, he can do a job in there. I think with two other people with him because he tends to sit. Mm. But we got we got we got we have got the options on the bench. We have got the Naj, we got Masengo, we got Backinson, who I think has looked sharper than a couple of the others over the last few weeks. Yet yeah. we're still playing fundamentally a centre back in midfield, and it didn't work. It didn't work, and we didn't need it. I mean, I was surprised, Les, that Masengo didn't get a run out. You know, to be to be perfectly honest, that you know he's shown a little bit of purpose in the last few games. Yeah, well, it's the tombola in it. It's picking it out of it. See what happens. Well, they're not doing that, but that's how it feels. They just yeah. got absolutely no idea. They haven't got a clue, and they haven't done all season. The moment Patterson, oh sorry, the moment Vyman got injured, what their best midfield is. No. They haven't got a clue, and that no. just showed itself again today. Yeah, Mark, the the front two, Dijou and Semenyo, I thought, well, at least let's try. I thought they might have had um, uh, Naki up front by himself and, you know, an extra, well, just playing at a 4-5-1 or a 4-1-4-1 or whatever. Were you surprised that Pham uh, had a, a an afternoon, a full 90 minutes walk around today, wasn't it, really? Well, it, well, it was a bit. There was a way he was going because he, he looks like he's ready. Well, he looks like he's in a departure lounge already. Um, but I mean, they got no service. But what they made the mistake of, and Ian alluded to this on Radio Bristol, they were they were just the wrong side all of the time. How many offsides? I, I mean, I, I don't know when they show that on the BBC website, but they were just constantly getting caught offside against a team that made a very high line. Mm. And what will happen with Moat and uh, and their Palmer? Basically, we're, we're all over. Uh, we're all over um, Henry Lansbury and uh, and Casey Palmer. Uh, 
as soon as they got the ball. But that was so that was their press. So all they had to do really was to play the ball wide and try yeah. and get the ball behind Styles and Britain and onto their back three because the back three were pushing high up the pitch. So they yeah. squeezed the space between the back three and the front three of Dyke, getting getting the ball to Britain and Styles and getting the ball into the box quickly. And we had we had so many opportunities to get that ball into space to players, but we couldn't put more than three passes together before we we, we messed up. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really know the date, uh, David. If it's worth going through through the match, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole game in too much detail. Really, it's like it's like well, it's like watching your life pass by. It's it's like a it's horror like Groundhog show. Day. Groundhog Day yeah. every game. You know, Awful. I mean, what was it? But that's what they did. Forty-five. were just so yeah. were just so well drilled. They had a game yeah. plan, and they just kept going. And my my friend, um, who's head of the Barnsley Supporters Club and Trust, was said that. We play three four three four three. Uh, the midfield pair they just try and stop you playing Palmer and Mowat. Uh, and what we'll do, we're now we're super fit under Ismail, and they just kept going to the end. Even at the end, they were still going forward and yeah. leaving space at the back. But they were more than enough to beat us one nil. I mean, really, it was an easy, a very comfortable one nil for them. Very comfortable. Yeah. They were just had nothing up front to put the ball in the net. I mean, uh, yeah. that big Daryl Dyke. I mean, who's on on loan? From Orlando City. I mean, you, I know, you, you which is MSL football, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ian, Ian. Um, I mean, first half. I mean, we had. I've written down hardly anything for us, and I won't even bother going through it. I think Palmer did a good through ball to Semenyo, whose poor touch let him down, just like he did in I think the previous home game when put through. Um, one of their guys, after Taylor Moore made his only mistake, he blasted that over Helic on 14 minutes, but. The first half was City lucky to go in nil nil. Would you say, Ian, or was nil nil a, a, a fair balance? Yeah, we haven't threatened, but we no. they'd have more, haven't they? Really? No, Barnsley should have been in front. I mean, Taylor Moore scuffed that ball, and all Hellick had to do was kick it in the net. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor, I forgot that was his second. That was a real Rick. His other Rick was when he tried to play a crossfield pass and hit it straight to a Barnsley player, and they were on the break. Uh, interesting. I just seen a quote come up. Uh, via the uh, Bristol Live, and it's from Thomas Callas. And it says, the less I say on social media, the better. What I'm seeing on there at times is just ridiculous. I'm trying to put the best version of myself on the pitch. The results are just not right. It's not just in one month that we've become shit players. Um, And, and, okay, I I think, I don't think Callas... um, you, you could criticise him too much, apart from his passing and his distribution, which I think, on the whole, for an £8 million player is poor. Um, but, no, I, I think Barnsley should have been in front. I think they they should have won by more goals, let's face it. Uh, the goal they scored was, I mean, God knows, I think every player in the team got a touch on that at one point. Uh, but, no, we, we just... I, I think we, we could have played until midnight and not scored a goal. And, and yeah. I don't think the you, you you know there's an old saying in business that I use a lot. You never solve a problem with the thinking that created it. No, and the thinking that's... that created our current run was Holden, Simpson, and Downing. And, Downing. and so you you've, might, not, you've not really lanced the Pat boil. Man... You've not really lanced the boil. Yeah, no, and Pat no, all you've done... there as well. Yeah, yeah, all you've you, just prolonged all you've it. Done... Yeah, you've just prolonged it. And and I mean, when I hear Steve Lansdowne say, well, they'll have to buy into our culture, then he says the academy. And I thought, yeah, fine, tick. Um, the community, 
We like helping the community. Yeah, big tick there, Steve. Well done. And our recruitment. And I went, yeah. what? Well, let's come on Honestly. to Steve. Let's come on to let's come on to Steve's interview because that's two interviews in a week from the owner and nothing, not a peep out of uh, in absentia John Lansdowne and uh, and uh, Mr. Ashton, who we're all giving unfair hard time to, according to uh, Lansdowne. I mean, let's second half. Let's look at let's look at the goal. I mean, Viner lost out in midfield on 47 minutes not for the first time he does get robbed in the middle quite a lot I remember a few times against Sheffield and in the last and the games prior to that and then Britain one of their blokes 10 minutes before the goal he went on a run before uh, putting in a shot that uh, Dan Bentley was well positioned to save but the goal when it came I mean what a mess it was some people have been having a go at um, Dan Bentley about it but how did you see the goal Les? Well, I think, I think you've got to give Barnes a bit of credit because um, if you look at their set pieces, they had two in the first half and that one, they're, they're good balls into the box. Do you know what I mean? And I can't remember the last time that we delivered, we looked a threat in any way, shape or form from a corner kick. Um, and, you know, it's just one... I think we're getting a... I think there's a bit of, you know, stick being given to the players for, for the goal and that. But I think you need to be realistic. The ball's bouncing around. Players were throwing their bodies on the lines. It could have gone anywhere. Um, the one critique I, I have is that the person at the back post lost their man. And that's what's cost us. Um, it was just one of those scrappy goals. Some Nine times out of ten, it hits a play and bounces out for a throw. It gets smashed up the pitch. Um, but I guess it, come, it could come down again to positioning from the original corner. I mean, Fan doesn't seem to be anywhere near uh, his position, the position that he, used to, he, usually take, he usually takes up at that near post. So maybe that could have avoided it. But it was just a scrappy goal. And one of those ones that can happen, but you don't clear your lines. Yeah. Mark, the substitutions, I mean, it's all a bit irrelevant, really, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go through them in uh, detail, but Pato came on and he's made an apology of a performance the last two occasions he's come out. And uh, he had a free kick, which was akin to the one that I think Jack Hunt put in in one game where it just sailed over. And uh, and, and I think Osborne doing the commentary of Robins TV said, not a bad ball. It was totally wasteful. I like Italian Dave's <laughs> comment on OTIP. It was shit. I mean, look, let's na- make no bones about that. So the final whistle, I mean, we didn't even raise ourselves going into the final stages of the game. And everybody trudged off. I don't know how quickly the music uh, was switched off like it was on uh, Tuesday night. But here we are. We find ourselves now 15th in the league and closer to the bottom and the top. And if you look at QPR putting together runs, Forest could be above us in midweek. It's just, you know, it is, it is. Well, the, there's there's only one word to describe it, and that's Schville at the end of the day. Uh, and there doesn't seem to be any end to it because the next two games away at Borough and at um, Swansea, I know that Swans lost four one, but. It's, it is getting a crisis point, Ian, isn't it? Yeah, and let's come on to the interview now with Mr. Lansdowne. But we we are at crisis point now, aren't we? Just by nature of the performance, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and this isn't something this happened this week. I mean, this has been going on now for months. Uh, yeah. The performances is, haven't been there. The performances, let's be honest, the performances have, haven't been there since the start of the season. And, and there's a few yeah. games that we won earlier on where we were very, very lucky and we could have easily lost. And I'll give you the first one of the season. 1-0 up after 20 seconds. Could have easily gone in 3 or 4-1 down at halftime. The commentary got strong in the last 15, 20 minutes and came out 2-1 winners. That's a classic yeah. example. I could name 
you know, Forest away, lots of others. Yeah, so, Stoke's probably the I only mean, game it, where we put in a performance. I yeah, think everybody would agree. Yeah, you that, come, you, yeah. when yeah. you come back to it, you've got to look at certain decisions and think, why did we do that? So yeah. why did we appoint Dean Holden? Okay, why, when we needed a left-back, did we sign a central midfield player who'd started 15 games in three years? And looks totally why? unfit. Why? And looks totally unfit, doesn't he? Yeah. So why would anyone in their right mind sanction Lansbury and not the left back? And we're told John Lansbury, Lansbury wouldn't have been cheap. Would... Lansbury wouldn't have been cheap either, would he? No. Well, but but it seems to me that everything we want to do is short term, and we need to know why because it looks like we're clearing the decks. It looks, I mean, we, uh, come June the 1st, we'll have 12 senior pros, outfield players, under contract. Yeah. That's all. Now, at the moment, our squad is 38. I mean, in fairness, that includes eight lads who've, who've never started a game uh, for the first team, the academy players that we had to bring in with the injury crisis. We've yeah. got 17 players injured, seven of whom are out for the season. Yeah. So... Uh, it looks to me like we're trying to get to June, and they just then July. Somebody, July the first actually uh, is the witching hour. July the first is, is it? Right? Well, well, yeah, all it, contracts it, go to, to the honest, end of June. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a month. Right. Doesn't make any difference. It, it it doesn't make any difference. I mean, so why are we doing that? And I haven't heard an explanation that justifies what we're doing and why we're doing it. And the other side of that is why would any of the players out there that are going to be out of contract in a few months' time put their body on the line for Bristol City? And I'm not seeing a huge, what I call, lack of effort. I am seeing a real lack of application and lack of talent. And I don't know yeah. if that's down to effort or they're just not very good. But yeah. either way, you've got to blame recruitment and you've got to look at strategy. Why are we doing that? Why yeah. didn't we get a left back? Well, that's when we, we can ask that question until we're blue in the face and we'll never get an answer. I mean, Les, this week, as I say, Lansdowne has been the spokesperson. Yeah, John Lansdowne is not in the country. Steve, I think, is in Guernsey rather than being further afield than that. Mark Ashton, totally, totally silent. What should we read into that before we get into the content of the Lansdowne interview, but what should we read into the lack of uh, any words from uh, from those two thus far? Well, I mean, if Lansdowne's abroad, like people are saying, then you can understand why he's not uh, doing any interviews. Um, there could be two reasons. The first one is Lansdowne's trying to uh, protect him. He knows he's getting a lot of stick. He made it clear in the interview that he reads what people are saying and he's trying to almost shield him from any you know potential abuse. And the second reason is the obvious one, which is Ashton spending every minute of every day trying to get us a new manager. From what I could tell from the interview, you know, is we haven't got anyone lined up. We haven't got a Paul Cook who we interviewed in the summer ready to go and ready to bring his assistant. This is, seems to me like it's going to be quite a process that really does start from mm-hmm. the very beginning. So it could be that Ashton's spending his time uh, going through and starting this process off. And that's going to be a long process. Well, a rigorous and vigorous process. I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Mark? What do you think, Mark? Bit of breaking news, Dave. Liam Walsh is going to play for the under-23s on Tuesday. 
Oh, and somebody said he'll probably do his hamstring then. That's interesting. I mean, <laughs> again, Mark, let's talk about injuries again before we get into the interview. I mean, Joe Williams, again, public statement from him about how has, has his injury been misdiagnosed? I mean, is this what, what the hell's all that about? Well, they found um, they found that they said they've they've it's a scan's revealed another or something revealed another injury that that wasn't noticed or something like that, and he's he's getting it looked at properly by a specialist. And why why was it missed? But why the hell was he played uh, in 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 two games against Cardiff and was it Cardiff and, and Sheffield United? I mean, the one. It, it well, what he team. actually what what he actually said is they've got to the root cause. Of the injury, and I, I can understand that because I, I, I was getting uh, treatment for a problem um, in in my in my neck at one time, and it was nothing to do with my neck. It was the lower part of my back that was causing it. But that was I can understand it. But the the amount of time the kid's been injured, you'd have think mm. somebody else would have understood it, wouldn't you? Because one of his injuries of his hamstring, he got that when he was actually in rehab. For the thigh injury he got at the start, so is this? Uh, he got sent off to the, this guy, this scan, up to do with his hamstring. So is it his hamstring? Is it his his glutes? Is 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 his ear roll? What is it? I, I, you know, because I mean, the kid must be absolutely cheesed off that this hasn't been picked up sooner. Must be. Yeah. Why did he? Why did he? Why did he play twice in a week? Why did he play twice in a week? In a cup game, yeah, that's why. Uh, yes, it was, Les, yeah, yeah, it was a, yes, the glory's there, chance to get the quarterfinal, brilliant. That game ain't going to affect holding his job. This guy's been out for eight months, however, however long it is, and you're expecting him in the centre midfield. You know how he plays to, to to put all that at risk. And the club or Holden and management staff have got themselves solely to blame for that. I couldn't believe it when he was playing against Sheffield United. This is our big signing in the summer who's been out for months. He's, yeah. He's, he needs to be built in slowly. You, had... you could have brought him on for 20 minutes, couldn't you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Towards the end, yeah, yeah? not to, yeah. to start off. They didn't, they didn't play Alfie Morton against Millwall for the same, for the same, that reason, didn't they? That we thought, well, great, don't play Alfie Morton against Millwall. Bring him back mm. for the following game. You know, he's fresh. A guy who's been out for a long time, obviously, before he injured himself again. So that was good thinking. But, I mean, what the hell are they thinking? It's just, it's just like endless crash stupidity with the club. One stupid decision after to the other and yeah. I mean going on to the interview we're the club that plans for we've got all these shiny toys and we do everything properly well, we're the envy of the football that's world right. I mean, God, well, you know. the envy of the football world in certain areas except everything that's on the pitch I mean Dave yeah. uh, Dave's uh, our, our Dave he's um, just dipping in and out of the programme uh, tonight he's put on there that you know, the, the most ill-judged comment and all of this was, um, was, was Ashton saying to the guy on um, uh uh, Sky the night of the Norwich match because it all seems to have gone really bad since then about fans uh, uh, about not offering players contracts and then on 20 men saying we've offered fam the best contract that is ever out there you know and if that I didn't it might have been the other way around, but if there was ever something that was going to hack off the players yeah maybe that was it but let's get let's get back to the uh, this interview that came up on uh, Pravda TV um, <laughs> first thing. First thing I would pick up on here is when he talked about uh, Simpson and Dowling. Yeah, we're very happy that they decided to uh, stay on and what have you. Very happy. All I can say is to that because, you know, they're not going to hand their notice in. They're not going to hand their notice in and walk out of a job. And then it took me back to the Sean O'Driscoll days when 
I heard, I think it was Simpson or Downing before the game saying, you know, we got to forget about league places and points. We're looking for a performance. Well, your league places have gone down. You've got nil points and you couldn't even motivate them into a, into a performance. But, um, Ian, when Steve Lansdowne said we want to bring in somebody, or not we want to, we're going to bring in somebody that doesn't, isn't going to destroy what we've put in uh, place. And again, as somebody put on OTIP, you can't destroy the training ground, you can't destroy the academy and everything like that, but you could destroy the recruitment setup because that's part of the root problem, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the, the only little bit of light I can see at the end of the tunnel is that we should have, uh, from what Simpson has said and what uh, Holden said, we should have Baker, De Silva, Walsh, Jenna, Nurse, Watkins and O'Dowda back in March. Okay, so that's perhaps a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. In terms of the recruitment setup, it doesn't work. You know, I mean, Dave did an absolutely brilliant piece, Dave Febs. Um, about the players that we've signed, uh, what's happened to them, and, if you will, Mark Ashton's successes, and which, in fairness to Lee Johnson, those two could, uh, certainly one of them is 100% down to him. The, the second one is probably down to him. The ones I'm talking about are Josh Brownell and uh, Adam Webster. Now, if you look at some of the other um, players that we've signed, that have either moved on or not moved on. Um, the recruitment wants a shake-up. Uh, you know, yeah. my own view is, is that you should take Mark Ashton out and all the people below him. So the fitness and conditioning coach, the, the medical yeah. team, the, the, and you can't them, do, the coaches. And you can't do any of that. You can't do any of that until the end of the season. You can't really, can no, you? No, you can't. Just but, do, well, you could, take, you, could take Mark, well, you could take Mark Ashton out now and, and give John Lansdowne the job. I mean, I don't see why we need two of them when, you know, you've got things like the Mark Kelly who runs the stadium so brilliantly. And you've got a good, and, I think the guy like, who does the finances is pretty good as well, to be fair. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. you know, you can take it out piecemeal. Now, I can understand why Steve Lansdowne, I mean, the bloke lives in Guernsey. He's well past retirement age with great respect to him. And he doesn't want the day-to-day involvement. I totally and 100% get it. And it's that old thing my dad used to say about when he wanted me to do anything and I didn't want to know it. He used to say, hang on, I don't keep dogs and bark myself. Go out and do it. Um, And, you know, so Steve Lansdowne thinking, well, hang on a minute, I'm paying this bloke half a million quid a year. And I've got to go in and do it. Now, now, I would hope, like Les said, that – Mark Ashton is spending every minute of every day bringing a manager in because the process could be with the people that are at work could be done in a week. Well, we know that. I mean, oh. we well exactly. And but we, we have, all well, we've heard in recruitment, Dave. Yeah, all we've heard at the well, I tell you what the solution. Well, not the solution, right? All we've heard is the bleating about what well, it might be difficult to do interviews because of COVID and everything like that. And as somebody <laughs> put on OTIB earlier today, that hasn't stopped Bournemouth getting hold of uh, Thierry Henry and getting him over from. Uh, uh, from Canada, but I think we're in such a critical situation that if this was a business, and you've been in this situation, Ian, when you've been put in there, if this was a business, right, you would bring in an interim and you would over-recruit and you'd bring in somebody to sort out the short-term problem. 
yeah? Just sort yeah, it out now. You don't start with the cleaners, Dave. No, That's the thing. Paul, you don't start said, with the cleaners. Lisa on here has said, Paul Simpson has said, I hope the managerial situation is resolved as quickly as possible for everyone. And what he really means is so I can get the out of here. But uh, but there we go. You can tell I've been enjoying playing this button, can't you? I mean, uh, it, were, you, were you put off, Mark, when you heard him say, oh, it's going to be a long process. You know, we need to do this sort of, you know, be rigorous and vigorous. He didn't use the words. But by implication, you know, I'm thinking on what they've said, four weeks, not four days, which is what Ian's saying. What do you say, Mark? Well, they've got all these grand ideas, but there's just no ruthlessness there, is there? I mean, it's like, you know, Red Adair was brought in to, you know, to for big oil rigs being ablaze and sit or ablaze at the moment. And there's no, yeah. you know, they're quite happy to sit there while, while it all burns down yeah. rather than do something. That, that's what we're all we're watching. It all burned down. We're, we're shooting down the league and we'll be in the relegation zone in the next few weeks. And they're quite happy to go through uh, a softly, softly recruitment process where nice Bristol City do everything properly. Remember, when when Nottingham Forest wanted to get get a new manager in, they got they got um, Chris Hewton in, in in 24 hours. I'm not saying we should get Chris Hewton in. I'm just saying they've done all the work behind the scenes because they need know that he needed to be replaced. We're not like that. We seem to be happy to plod along, and this goes right throughout the club. And yeah. we got. I don't think the four of us or the fans have got any trust in Mark Ashton uh, or Steve None. Lansdowne to recruit to recruit <sighs> a, a, make a good appointment. Well, Ian, 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 yeah, Ian and I were talking about Ian and I were talking about this at lunchtime because look, this isn't like a normal recruitment where you have got somebody's CV. What these blokes have done, anybody on that shortlist, it's there in the public domain. Who they've bought, who they've sold, what their win percentage is, and everything like that. They can't lie on their CV. What you get down to is what when you recruit a football manager is it does come down to personality, you know, and if Paul Cook, yeah, had his interview last time and they didn't like him for whatever reason, because he was a little bit brash as a scout, they're not going to take him. Now, Steve Lansdowne is leaving it to his son or Mark. And if his son is in Bermuda, then he isn't going to be physically coming back. But if he's leaving it to Ashton, is Ashton going to give him a short list of four? Because that's who, Lansdowne. Lansdowne should personally meet with four, and then there might be another four that Lansdowne would say, why isn't Paul Cook on the shortlist? And, but then on the four, there might be somebody like Ryan Lowe who impresses, or something like that. Yeah? So, I mean, I think that, you know, Steve Lansdowne is going to be more hands-on this time, and I'll be honest, I thought, you know, he, he came across, I thought he came across quite well on the, on, on that talk thing yesterday even if none of the questions were of a Jeff Twentyman uh, standard in terms of probing but do you do you think uh, uh, Les do you think they should get a short-term managerial fix like an interim in now to sort it out or as Dave Fevs has said nobody would argue if Tuesday or Monday night they aren't they, they announced Paul Cook is coming in with two new assistants what do you say Les Interim or go for Paul Cook? Look at the available talent who are currently unemployed. You've got Eddie Howe, you've got Paul Cook, you've got Nigel Pearson, you've got David Wagner, who was obviously heavily linked with Bournemouth but doesn't seem to be going there. He's got promotion to the Premier League. Why do we need an interim appointment? If there was no talent out there, then yeah, I could see that. I could could argue that and wait till the summer. But there's so much quality out there that we don't need to do that. And the problem is, and this is the issue with Ashton doing the first round of interviews, I think we'll probably bypass them, or I think Ashton will probably bypass them, and he'll focus more on 
one of the Cow, Cow, the Cowley, Danny Cowley, whatever his name is, Michael Appleton, an up and coming lower league, League One manager, because that's the way Ashton operates. So this idea of an interim manager, I think ultimately it it, it could be, and then we'll go for Appleton in the summer. But I, that's the route I can see us going down. Well, my view on Appleton was that if he wasn't tarnished with the Ashton brush, then I read a good article on him in his time at Oxford, and he did a reasonable job there. But why would we go out and pay compensation for a bloke who's just signed a, well, he's three and a half years into a four-year contract, uh, six months into a four-year contract, when there is talent that's out there? <clears throat> you could bring an interim. Birmingham City did that four years ago when they brought in Harry Redknapp for the last eight games with, with, with Steve Cochran alongside him. And it all went tits up after that because Harry got fired six games into the uh, into the new season. But if you go in and bring an interim, and I always say this to clients when I'm helping them recruit people to sort out a fix, you over-recruit. And if you look abroad, yeah, okay, not look abroad. You know, this, is, this isn't fanciful, but currently out of work, right? Rafa Benitez, right? Getting Rafa to help them stay up would be the equivalent, well, probably even better than Pat Lamb. He's out of work at the moment. I, I wouldn't want to see Mark Hughes come in, if I'm honest, because, you know, he's, he's old money. Eddie Howe, you either give it to him permanently, you don't give it to him for six months. Marco Silva, I've got John Katsuris to thank for giving me this list off here. John, Marco Silva, is he going to motivate them? The Leonardo, you're then into the foreign guys. Then you get out of work managers, championship type people. You get Nigel Pearson. Would Nigel Pearson, Ian, would you say Nigel Pearson? If they said to Nigel, look, we'll give you, we don't like, we're not going to give you the full time job, but keep us in the division 15. Or is he in a job in, in Holland? What do you say to Nigel Pearson? What, what, I, I don't understand why you're, you're looking at people in League One and League Two. Mm. And you're looking at interims at all. They're like Les said, there are enough good people out of work. So offer them. I mean, you can say to somebody, "Do you want to be manager of a championship club with a multi-billionaire owner and a brand spanking new training ground and football club?" How many people are going to turn that down? So we don't yeah. need to beg people or oversell it, and we certainly don't need a bloke that has had a certain amount of success. In League One, if you're going to do that, you may as well go and get Cots back. So, yeah, but, no, I, I don't. I don't. But think, Ian, you've, uh, been I in, think, you've been in business. If if you've been in business, let's say, let's say, yeah. you, let's say you've, you know, you haven't been an M. But take a situation: you're an MD, right? Oh, you, yeah, you're the yeah. MD, and your your operations, yeah. and you're recruiting. You've got a, you've got a site director, and you have got the, the manufacturing director. So you say to the site director, "Look, sort out your manufacturing director's job, and then I'll see the last three. And then you 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 interview them, and then the manufacturing director says, "Look, the money's good, but he says quite honestly, Ian, I, I can't work, I can't work for you, I can't work for your site director. You know, I mean, I'd love to come and work for your company, but I think the guy's an ass at the end of the day. And then what are you going to do?" Mm-hmm. And if you think, well, actually, he is a bit of an ass. Oh, you know, yeah. do, I mean, what what does Lansdowne do? You know, if so, Chris so Hughes say no, what, what what do you do in that situation? No, I mean that that ident- that identifies a failing in you or your structure or your process. If you're thinking, well, actually, yeah, he is a bit of an ass. Then why is he there? So Steve Lansdowne appointed his son as chairman. <laughs> He appointed Mark Ashton. 
He's and got his he's, brother-in-law he's given, who was sat in a director's box with him today, yeah. He, he gives... So that that gives them... And he said to him, right, you, you're running the club on a day-to-day basis. Here's your budget. You're only allowed to spend X million. And I'll sign off all the major deals, which is what he's more or less alluded to in his interviews. Um, <clears throat> so he's... And he sounds like he's got faith in Mark Ashton. Now... He then talks about, well, I read forums and I do this and do that. So he must know, unless he's got tin ears, he must know there's, that Mark Ashton is about as, as popular as, uh, I, don't, I don't know, as, as um, Denzel COVID-19. Washington. Yeah, Aaron, that's uh, rally. Party. <laughs> as COVID, he's yeah. popular as COVID yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah you know, he's just, he's just not popular with the fans. They don't like him. And, and Steve leapt to his defence on Jeff Twenty. I mean, people don't realise yeah. how much Mark does and how hard he works. The number of times I've fired people in my life, and I've first of all, I've given them, look, I know you're working really hard, but there's always a buck coming, but it's just not working out. It's not you, it's me. Right, that kind of conversation, I've done that so many times. And it is a cop-out, because what you're actually saying is that you're not very good at your job. But that's a difficult thing to say to people. But but this is football, and Mark Ashton would go with a whacking great payoff, and and I don't think you can justify. You could say to him, "Look, Mark, you know you've had all this money for all these years. We've been losing ten million a year, which I've been making up. You know, most years. I mean, all right, we we made ten million one year, but it was one year out of about ten or twelve. We've been losing all this money, so." I'm ever so sorry, but you've had a bit like with Lee Johnson, you've had more than a fair crack of the whip because Lee lost eight games on the trot. Steve Lansdowne gave him a, a brand spanking new four-year contract. Yes, he did. Yes, so he let's did. have that note. So when we're starting to say, well, who's fault? He said last night, I take the blame because I'm, you know, the buck stops with me. Fine, do something about it, but do something different. Don't keep doing the same thing and expecting something miraculously to happen. And, and and that is the point. And and I don't think I don't think Nigel Pearson would be wanted down there because he's a bit like Cots. He answers back. Yeah, well and that's they don't the want thing. People that's down, the thing. Down if there, they the answer Gobby, back. If you look at the Gobby managers, you know, Cottrell did, probably Gary Johnson did in his own way as well. And then if you go back to other managers that have been a little bit edgy, a little bit difficult to, to manage. Joe Jordan, yeah, he's another oh, God, one. Yeah, he's a personality. Him, but, you know, is <sighs> the only the only manager, there's probably only two managers that would placate people at the moment, and they're right in the middle. And that would be, that would be um, Paul Cook. Yeah, nobody would argue if he got the job and started before next Saturday. But then, and another one that might fall into that bracket is Alex Neal. But as a couple of people have said on the, on the message board on the, on here, a Pearson and maybe Eddie Howe, they're probably not going to come here, are they? Because they won't want to operate. Well, why do, I'll tell you, this is really groundbreaking, Dave, but why don't we ask them and then we'll know. Well, exactly. You, maybe. You know, I mean, all this stuff about, oh, they wouldn't want, out of four and a half, do you know these people? Oh no, Eddie, I don't want to come here. How do you know? Do you know him? Have you asked him? Well, well no, he, he, he won't, he's going to get transparent with us and say who's being into it. Because if if a manager's so, so between jobs, they well, can hang say, on a minute, hang on. If he's one minute, he's going to Celtic. That was the first club that came up. Well, 
Uh, Neil Lennon's just won six games on the spin there, so that ain't going to happen. The next thing he's going to Palace, I could see that more because Hodgson's getting older and he's not yeah. having a great season, but he, he ain't down in the bottom three either. So you 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 sit there and think, well, you know, I could see that, but if you're offered a job now, and football management, it's very easy to become yesterday's man. I mean, uh, yeah. Mick McCarthy applied for our job in the, in the summer, didn't even get an interview. Look what he's done at Cardiff. When he took over at Cardiff, they were seven points behind us. Now they're seven points above us. Yeah. yeah. And I must admit, I wouldn't have been a massive fan of Mick McCarthy. But when you look at his CV and what he's done, he's obviously made a difference. So, yeah. you know, let's, let's let, all right, if we go to Eddie Howe and he says, no, thanks, I'm not doing anything for a year. Fine. Goodbye, Eddie. Right. Uh, go, who do we want next? Put, um Nigel Pearson. No, no, no. I'm happy where I am, wherever that is. I mean, you're saying he's working in Holland. I'm not sure. He's unemployed. But, and this thing about he was in Belgium. He was in Belgium a couple of jobs right. ago. Yeah. You, you've got to be. And all this thing about, oh, well, you know, you've got to be loyal to your managers. And what, what do you mean? Like unsuccessful teams like Chelsea and Watford. How did it yeah, work well, out spat, for them? They, they, spat, they spat ruthless. Out, they, spat ruthless out, aren't they? they spat out Frank Lampard. And in his own way, you know, Abramovich, he probably looked up, said, oh, "I need to change." Bang, and the money's no issue when it comes to paying people off like that. And and that's the thing, that's the thing that lands down. He's not probably as rich as Abramovich is, but if he had to pay off Mark Ashton with a year's salary, yeah, and it got a load of the grief away, he'd he'd probably do that, yeah, because he said look, something we, interesting, no, but you don't, he? you don't, on, you don't Mark, pay him. Mark, Mark, sorry, Mark, what were you gonna, what were you gonna say, Mark? He said, he said we got a bit of he, the the thing he did say, just a little thing in his interview, was we got a bit of flexibility with FFP, which is like saying that we could put, I could put money in, although he won't be able to put it into next season. So he could pay, you know, he could play for it, put, put the money down for a new manager. And put a, a sizable wage in in there, you know, with a bonus, a bonus you, for keeping us up now going you, forward. You don't need, you don't need to pay, you don't need to pay these people off in one bump. Nobody does that anymore, or not very many do. Oh. They just go on paying oh, no, until no. they get another job. Yeah. So it's yeah, not a question exactly. of that. Oh, if I sack him tomorrow, I got to write a check for six hundred thousand because you won't. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I meant the so, new man coming in. He could, he could afford, he could afford it. There's some. Well, you could, you could say to the new bloke, "Tell you what, Eddie, if you get us in the Premier League, you get five million quid." How's that sound? Yeah, and, and, and also, man, if he's offering when, that. when you look at when you look at Eddie Howe and you look at what we've got now, which we didn't have previously, the assistants um, down in and Simpson, they're going to go. Okay, yeah. So you could say to Eddie Howe. Right, Eddie, you can. Well, we want you to come. He'd probably bring, bring Jason Tindall, wouldn't he? He'd probably well, well, bring he, Jason well, Tindall. Well, yeah, he could say, we'll say to him, you can bring in two or three assistants. We'll get rid of Pat Mountain. We'll get rid of Cissé. You can bring in your own goalkeeping coach. You can bring in your own couple of other coaches. You, if you got any, if you work with a particular group of physios, we'll get rid of them in the summer. And you can bring yeah. your own physios in as well. That might tempt someone like Howard. If you go back to previous appointments, a lot of the jobs have been, you need to work with what we've already got. Yeah, now, the one good point, Les. One of, the benef- one of the benefits of this uh, appointment is I think whoever comes in is going to be able to bring a number of people with them. And that might be a carrot for someone like Hal, who, you know, we, he'll know that we'll have money to spend on players. There's never been an issue of Lansdowne, like I said about the financial fair play. The only issue I see with Hal is, is are we a big enough club? And two, can he work in a system where Mark Ashton does all the recruitment? What Ashton should say to him is, Yes, I'm in charge of recruitment, but we're actually going to change this. And we're going to change it for you so you can have a bigger role in this process. We need to adapt if we're going to progress and if we want to get a big manager in. 
Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just empty words. And it, it, I mean, for the last few years, it's just been a load of empty rhetoric. City have got all these big ideas. We've got great plans, but we just we don't deliver at all. It's 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 shocking. No, you're right. I mean, I think I think the the thing is, you know, that that bit about financial fair play leeway, mm. and it comes back to what we've been saying that there seems to be a method in not offering players contracts. I mean, the one thing, one of the things I got from the interview, uh, Ian and I have been saying, he's going to sell the football club part of it. I don't think he is. I mean, he's still got a commitment here and he didn't seem happy with what was going on. But the FFP leeway to me is saying that in the summer, right, we are going to be able to go out there and the manager, the new manager is going to be able to go out there and whilst we might pay transfer fees, significant big transfer fees. I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of players that are better than the Patos of this world, right? They're going to be out of contract and we can give them decent wages, yeah? And buy them that way, just like whoever's got fam, you know, he can pay fam double what we were giving him because they haven't had to pay fam, they haven't had to pay one and a half million quid to get fam on board. On the flip side, I mean, you look at a team like Barnsley today, I mean, renowned in the championship of paying peanuts and they're recruiting from, from the MSL a loanee from, from Norwich City, uh, that Morrison, I, I never heard of in a month of Sundays. But the commitment and the energy from that team, they probably won't get in the playoffs, but they're on, they're looking up. And they look so much better than us, and you know, for a team that, that cost peanuts, but they can they can bring play they can br- bring players well, that's through, where... like your John Stones and your your Mason your Mason Holgates. I mean, even Molson Molson played for him briefly, didn't they? That's where it comes down to the players, though, because, again, we seem to be letting them off scot-free because, as a couple of people have said on here, you know, they, we, I think we've scored, forced one or six shots on target in the last five games or something like that. And why aren't they stepping up to the plate in their eyes? You know, because sometimes if you're a player – you know, and I haven't played at a high level, but you can sort of collectively say, look, we're just going to go out and we're going to play for ourselves and our professional pride. They didn't appear to be playing with any pride in the shirt, Ian, today, did they? Despite what Callas is saying on his social media. I I, I think they were trying and that worries me more than anything. If they're not trying, you just get a bloke in who's going to frighten them to death or kick them or do whatever you got to do to these guys, bribe them, and you can get them going. Uh, but I think they were all trying, and they were dreadful. And 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 you know you can you get a really good player even when they don't try, they can trap a ball just out of professional pride. Mm. Yeah. But, but I mean, I, the number of times today I saw the ball just get away from people, you know, try and touch it and it go out play, mm. or the ball would drop to Taylor Moore or Callas and they'd lump it and it'd go straight to a Barnsley player. And I just looked. Well, at is that them playing the to instruction? Is that them playing to instruction or a total? Well, I, I don't think, lack however, Dave, however bad the coaches are, they're not going to instruct them to kick the no. ball to the opposition. You know, uh, I mean, I, I'll give Simpson and Damien that much credit. No, I think. I mean, Simpson said tonight that he hopes the management situation sorted out is as quickly as possible for all concerned. So he he knows he, he's at it. Um, I mean, these guys read social media. They know what's what's going on, and they they're probably looking over their shoulder, thinking, "Well, okay, I'm going to get, I'll get, I'll get paid for the next year um, with a bit of luck, uh, and during that time, I'll get a job coaching the under twenty threes at somewhere closer to where I live." Yeah. So, 
you know, I, I don't really think that, but all this started, it all goes back to Steve Lansdowne because he employed Dean Olden or Mark Ashton in a junior Lansdowne. He employed Dean Olden, who shouldn't have even got an interview with his CV, never mind a job. Same applied to Lee Johnson. Yeah. And it, if you're going to keep appointing people like that, then I'm sorry, but but if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expect a different result. That's the first sign of insanity. Yeah. And so yeah. let's go out and, and get somebody who's been there, seen it, done it, got the T-shirt. And if he fails, you can say, hey, hang on, we took on a bloke with all the experience. Look what he's done. He's got eight promotions on his CV. He's got so-and-so. He won the FA Cup. Whatever he's done. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, if people talk about Warnock and, oh, my God, the guy has got to have something that, that to is achieve what not he's clearly achieved. visible. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, of course he has. It's stardust. And you eight, can't put your finger eight, on nine, that. Eight, nine promotions and always yeah. with poor t- – well, not poor teams, not big-name clubs. Clubs like ours. Yeah. yeah. And he's always no, – I've just been given – Sorry, go on, Les. What are you saying? Do, 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 you, do, you, oh, do you think some of this goes oh, sorry, back? Mate. Steve Lansdowne's scared of getting it wrong because he, he he still feels responsible for getting it wrong with Steve Koppel. Although we think, I remember you said this to me at the time, David, that he didn't do his due diligence on Koppel because there was probably something going wrong at Reading um, before he came to Steve City. Steve Koppel, and, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when Steve Koppel he, came he in. Won't he, give Steve Koppel, Mark, he won't give Steve Koppel. Mark, he won't. Mark, he won't. He won't give Steve Koppel a second thought. Right? It, it was, I made a mistake again. Move on, and he'll be thinking, "Oh, wasn't it great under Gary Johnson?" And in fairness to Johnson, he got, he got us promoted and got us to a playoff final. Nobody else has has, has done that, and, and I was no fan, particularly towards the end. Mm. But but what else have we achieved? Honestly, in the championship, we haven't got to well, a playoff. All we were doing is we, we were just we, all we were doing. I mean, Johnson was living off that League Cup semi final, wasn't he, for the last for the last uh, two two and a half seasons? You know that was what you yeah. were living off. You know, flirt, flirting with the playoffs only to fall away. That's that's no good. I mean, lots of managers could do that and spend a lot less money, didn't they? Yeah. And they have done. Could could we do any worse, right, than just saying to Simpson and Downing, okay, guys, look, you you didn't have the desired effect because they're not really part of the Bristol City fabric. They got they came here because they'd have lost their jobs at the FA in the summer reading mm. on an article that I picked up on. And we say, look, guys, thanks, and we'll pay you your month's notice or whatever we have to, and then get – and this is just short term to get us through – a couple of weeks or however long it's going to take to do the recruitment process because we can wish for you won't, you something with it. Hey? No. No, I'm not I'm not saying Dave I'm not saying Dave Febson manager or anything like that, but they could do no worse. Get rid of those two guys and say to Tins, Tins, help us out. Because he's got a passion for the club, Tinian. And if they couldn't raise their game because these two that were in charge today, it's the same old stuff from them. Would you think that would be a totally, any of you, a totally retrograde step to say, look, the process is going to take three weeks, right? We didn't get the response we expected from Simpson and Dowding. So, Brian, we're putting you in charge. Simpson and Dowding, go off back up to the Midlands or wherever it is you, you, you go, and thanks for your service, but you were part of the problem. Brian, help, just, just, just steady the ship for two, no, three weeks, three no. gates. No, you no. say no, Les. Well, the, pro- the problem is, I think that the problems that the players have is so ingrained 
that if Tinian comes in, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think we need someone with real tactical acumen who can drill the players into a real philosophy and identity on the pitch. Otherwise, we're just going to carry on on the same downward spiral. If Tinian comes in, I don't think he's going to just lift the players from his presence and his love of Bristol City. We saw today and against Cardiff and Watford and Reading that these players are completely lost their confidence and they have no idea about tactical shape philosphy and identity so we need right. to get someone in as quickly as possible with who can give an identity skills. all right mark uh, ian so i'll come to you after we i'll ask you the question as well mark but ian first i mean if they got paul cook in right has he got an identity that he can instill in the team that is fundamentally different to what we've got or it would be a three five two and he just drill them better because if paul cook came in Monday afternoon. He ain't going to change things, is he, for Tuesday? Or is he? What do you think, um, Ian, first? Well, well, it, if there was no point in um, changing the manager, then nobody would do it. Uh, the unfortunate thing is um, it isn't the summer. You can't get rid of 12 players and sign another 12. Um, the only players you can sign now are free agents. Um yeah. And, and I, who won't be I, fit? I mean, who won't be I, fit? Look at Lansbury, not who, fit. Well, and, and you you see how that how well that's gone with Lansbury, um, which I said at the time I could not fathom out that signing at all. But anyway, leaving that to one no. side, has he got an identity? He plays with yes. Um, is he? I think he's a strong, likable scouser. Big tough. Well, I think he's a tough tough character. I don't think he stands any messing. He's got a good record as a manager. He's uh, he's made his bones in, in Ireland. I mean, he ran Sligo, won two Irish Cup finals with him. And I know the Irish yeah. League isn't the strongest league in the world before somebody says it, but he, he's he's won a couple of pots. He's won titles and he's won promotions. And once yeah. again, he's done it. He hasn't done it with, you know, Man City or Aston Villa. He's, he's done it with clubs that are far worse than we are. So yeah. my my own view is, yeah, it'd be fine for me. I, I've mentioned the three over and over again that are all unemployed, that should be on board by now. But I think you've got to say, to, if if that guy, say you appointed Pearson or Cook, and they came to you and said, hang on, Steve, this recruitment ain't going to work, mate. This setup will not work. Then yeah. you've got to listen to them because you they've have. been there, seen it and done it. And then... Yeah. We have to get someone in, whatever happens, and this needs to happen now, not in the summer. We need to get someone in, independent, to have a look at our, our whole fitness conditioning medical setup because yeah. there isn't, as far as I'm aware, there isn't another team in the country that has got an injury problem like us. Oh, yeah. 17 no. players out injured. Come yeah. off it. Yeah. No, it's not right. I mean, it, Mark, how would you feel if uh, Danny Cowley was announced? I mean, that would just be a meh, wouldn't it? If he was yeah, announced. I mean, it, it, the funny thing with Cowley is, um, I think my sister told me about this, Lisa, who's, who's listening in on the, on this pod. Uh, the, I mean, him and his brother, Nicky, they were meant to be given, they were, they were going to be allowed to, to, to carry on at Huddersfield and were, were sort of told that towards the end of the season that they'd be given some, some money to spend and then the uh, the board seemed to renege on that 
But I, I just want to go back to Paul Cook because, I mean, they, he had a plus one goal difference still and they were 23rd last season. I mean, it was only because of the 12-point deduction, but they came very close to staying up. They played Fulham on the last day, I think, and drew when they needed to, when they needed to win. And they would have stayed up on goal difference and, and put Barnsley down uh, if, they'd have, uh, if they'd have won that game. So, I mean, he put, picked a club off, uh, off the floor uh, in, in Wigan and, and, you know, had a good run of results, and, uh, in, I think, including beating Brentford away and, you know, was very close to staying up. So I think he'd be a good addition. Not sure about Nicky and, and Danny. I think I really think like him and the likes of Eddie Howe would, would prefer a pre-season, and you know they want they want a run uh, into uh, a slow run up in, into the job where they can bring you know they got some money to spend on players and and, and, and time to look at their contacts and and, and uh, formulate a plan. I just don't think they're the right they're the right managers for a crisis. I think you're looking more. It Pearson and uh, and Paul Cook because they're tougher. Mark, what's the um, what's the compelling reason, uh, compelling football and business logic behind uh, interviewing the Cowleys? None, absolutely none. Yeah. Why are they? That's my the point. Why, is, why, why, why are we? Why are they even in the conversation? It's like. It's like the guys are answering the question, and they and they, <laughs> and, and they start and they start talking. You know, Klopp resigns at Liverpool, and they start stop start talking to the bloke who's running Arsenal. I just I, honestly, I don't get it. I want someone to explain it to me. Mm. They, yeah, it's it's, it's really because good... people put money on it. Bookmakers, that's what it's down to. It's book. It's, it's people who are prepared to put money on the bookmakers who rise up the odds, isn't it? Odds are only as good as the, the people who are putting the money on. Unless they're getting, unless they're getting, uh, they're getting yeah, inside if I went, information. If, not being funny, if I if I went down and put ten thousand pound on Steve Cottrell to be the next Bristol City manager, the odds would fly up, and he'd be odds on favourite. Yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. That would be ridiculous, so wouldn't it? You don't want to take any happened. notice of that. Is that no, that's what it, I mean? It, so I don't. You're right. I don't think Cowley, the Cowleys should be in the conversation. You need you need managers who who've, who've come in during a crisis. I mean, Nigel Pearson. I mean, he was unfortunate at getting a sack at Leicester. Although the next bloke didn't do a bad job, did he? Uh, uh, when he Ranieri. What about throwing? You know, employed managers. What about Lee Bowyer? You know, why? I mean, why? Why? What? Why are these names even being mentioned? I mean, yeah. this is a guy who has done a good job in difficult circumstances. But listen, we get told all the time by, you know, we're trying to be a Premier League football club and we're getting a guy who did a good job at Lincoln, a guy who's done a half-decent job at Charlton. We shouldn't even be contemplating these people. Not if no. we're going to take us to the next level. No, exactly. 100% right, Les. I'm only throwing these names in. No, no, like no, I no. Do, I like I, no and like I did with Benitez at the beginning, somebody said, am I on something tonight? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that was on the pretext of, Going big for an interim type appointment, no way. But, but Dave, but Dave, but Dave, I think that's the route we will go down. Based on our track record, we are going to end up, I think, with a Cowley or that kind of yeah. or a Boya in terms of that kind of stature. So we're not going to be, we're not going to be inspired whenever it's announced. We're not going to be inspired, are we? Oh, I don't think we're so. ready. We know we. We we uh, we always fail to deliver. We oversell and and we under, and and, uh, and under deliver like everything, isn't it? With Bristol City, it's just um, it's just empty words. We just can't we can't trust those people at the top to make the decision based uh, based on our experience over the last few years. It just you know it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Well, we can't trust Mark 
Ashton to do anything other than what seems right for him. And I think the long and the short of it, Steve has vested the decision process in his son and in Mark. Yeah, and look, there's some good things they've done. It's not all bad, and it's gone wrong. And this next appointment, yeah, if we get it wrong, it could have dire consequences because somebody's got to stop the rot. Never mind how long do, this do is going to take. Do you remember when? Do you remember when? Do you remember going back to you know we going back? So we don't want to rush things. When McGuinness was sacked, we brought O'Driscoll in the next day, didn't we? So who, who brought O'Driscoll? Who brought O'Driscoll in? So they'd obviously spoken to him, hadn't they? They hadn't just phoned him up after straight after the game. They must have. Uh, or, uh, yes. or, or Lee um, Lee Johnson got here pretty quick, didn't he? Well, I think that was destiny, wasn't it? You know, that was always. But O'Driscoll happen. was O'Driscoll was appointed the following day, wasn't he? Or two days two days after McGuinness was sacked, so they'd obviously spoke to him before McGuinness was sacked and say, "Are you interested?" I don't think they phoned him after the final whistle when we got hammered against Leicester in January uh, twenty thirteen. Yeah, so, did he want the job? No, I don't think he did. Interestingly, somebody's put on OTIB, but when Tony Bloom, the Brighton chairman, was in this pickle, December 2014, he went and got Chris Hewton. It took him nine days, brackets, two league games. That's what we need to be doing. Nine days, yeah? Not two and a half weeks, right? And we are playing two and a half weeks is another five league games. If we put in five more performances like the last two, we're going to be looking at 12 defeats in a row, aren't we? Anybody disagree with that? No, I can't disagree no. with that. We want to know where the next corner is coming from. That's, that's a worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, look, I think we're going to be back on Tuesday night. I think the conversation will continue. I would think it highly likely that we'll be uh, um, highly likely that we'll be talking about a victory because Mr. Warnock will want to get one over on us. I think the key thing is if Paul Cook came in tomorrow, I wonder what his starting lineup would be with the players that we have at our disposal now. And uh, 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 just final question to each of you, um, just off the top of your heads, or who, who do you think would be in a Paul Cook lineup that didn't start? today never mind who's dropping but i'll come to you first mark right who would get in a paul cook lineup in his first game in charge yeah that isn't in there at the moment um i think backinson and, and wells okay that's um, your two yeah i play yeah. those two ian out of those that started well who 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 would be in a paul cook lineup that wasn't in the starting lineup today I, I just speculation, but I, I think you probably get Viner in a flat back four um, alongside Callas. Uh, and I think you'd have uh, Naj in midfield instead of Lansbury, Backinson in, in, in midfield, and possibly Palmer because you need someone that can attack. Um, yeah. Not a lot of choice, um, but until the seven guys come back. Uh, next month, and I think the one if we wanted to play three five two, the one that would make a massive well, there's two that I think would make a massive difference. One's Liam Walsh, and the other one's Nathan Baker. Yeah, yeah, and it'd no, be quite true. handy if, if I don't I don't think Tommy Rowe's back until April, uh, no. but Tommy Rowe or, or Jada Silva, Jada Silva could be will be back should be back quicker than Tommy. Yeah, so let's get a proper left wing back in. Um, yeah. 
So yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think that's your. That's you, it. So there'll be a that. few changes. There would be a few changes. Finally, Les, from you. I mean, what would your, you know, who who would step in the shape of the side and everything that you'd think that's Paul Cook's first game. He doesn't know the players. He knows what he's seen on screen. But who who, who would you change? You think the light? Uh, I th- I think Cook likes to play forward. You know, forward attacking football. So I think Backinson would come in because he's one of the few players who passes the ball forward. Uh, yeah. But in all honesty, I don't think it will be Paul Cook. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's, it's all speculation, but I don't think... So you gonna think we're going to be underwhelmed. Okay, guys, uh, it's, uh, what is it, the Riverside Tuesday night, 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll all be back for that. Uh, yeah, it's either going to be middles, middles rough, or I do like to be beside the T side. Yeah, it's all right. The first one. yeah, all right, yeah. No, I like, I like that one, uh, Mark. And uh, you know, and your, your, your other half. We'll see how many likes that she's got on that little uh, sampling piece on there. I pulled one sentence that you made, Les. If I can bother to edit it and put it on there, it was very intellectual and what have you. So uh, I'll pick that out, Les, as a, as a preview for. Uh, putting it up on the Twitter, but it's been great having you all. Thanks to all the people that have been uh, listening. Yeah. Uh, as many in the studio, not so many unique listeners, but uh, I think probably people have had enough, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the, uh, what the viewing figures have been on uh, Robin's TV, but um, no, it's depressing. It, it just, it seems like ground odd day after every, uh, every single match. And I don't think I can face, um, I really don't think I can face two more weeks of wondering who the manager is going to be. I'd be happy with Paul Cook now, but as Les says, you know, probably ain't going to happen. But uh, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, we'll uh, resume again on Tuesday night. Enjoy your weekend. 7, 7 p.m. Cheers. kickoff. Kickoff, yeah, 9 o'clock. Yeah, 9 7. We'll be doing it. 7 o'clock kickoff, right. 9.30 on the pod. All right, thanks for listening, Cheers. everybody. God bless you, sir. Cheers, good night. Bye-bye. 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 Stay safe. Bye. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.